Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Josh uh, coming to you from Madisonville, Tennessee, Pastor Madisonville Church of God. I've got Brandon with me today, Brandon Presley. Brandon is our new worship leader at the church and a fantastic guy, great singer, musician. We're just really pleased that he's joined the team. Uh, we wanted to get together and cut a few videos where we're going to talk about the spirit of worship, the climate of worship, uh, the impact of worship that we're trying to create in the church. And so we hope that you tune into our podcast, Wandering in Hope, W-A-W-A-N-D, Wandering in Hope, and uh, check these videos out, listen to them on our Facebook page, but we hope this is a blessing to you. So tune in. Welcome to Wandering in Hope. Now here's Madisonville Church of God pastor, Josh Benson. We've been talking about worship. We want to talk about, in this clip, how that worship shapes you and it makes you who that you are. Um, G.K. Bill is a New Testament scholar who did a lot of work in Revelation, some other cool stuff out of Wheaton and uh, Wheaton College. And Anyway, he actually wrote a book called we, How We Become What We Worship. And he goes through that and he outlines and shows how that throughout Israel's history, Israel manifested the same kind of characteristics, Brandon, of the gods that they worshipped. And, uh, and it's really a striking study. And I got to thinking about this. And so, Brandon, I want to ask you some questions tonight and get your feel on and your take on it. But essentially, like what, I mean, what is worship? You know, if, if we're going to talk about how worship defines us, like what, what is the act of worship in your opinion? Well, worship can be several different things. Um, there's different styles of worship. Um, worship is, it's really defined as um, the adoration uh, of something. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, you know, it's basically something you uh, have reverence for. Yeah. Um, you can, uh, a lot of people, when you think of worship, they think of the 20-minute worship, you know, part of the worship service or, right. you know, your Sunday morning service. Or Music. You, you, and, you know, they yeah. think of that set time, and that is worship. That That's a dedicated time of the service mm -hmm. to worship yeah but worship is also your lifestyle yeah yeah you know everything about you is yeah, your man. is your worship um you got it you know the bible says that where your heart is where your treasure's at that's you know, right it's, that's you the know, very so verse i was thinking yeah, yeah it's um you know it, it, it's your go-to you know yeah. when you get up in the morning whatever's on your brain um yeah you know whatever you're you're striving for each day maybe the things you desire uh you know and there's nothing wrong with wanting things but it's very easy to um, to let those things overtake you, right. and it they can consume your um, oh, your yeah. appearance, your personality, your body language, the things you say, um, mm -hmm. where you spend your time, what you spend your money on, where you. I mean, there's so many things Amen. you can, so many things you can look at, and yeah. the, the dangerous part of it is that it can happen, um, and, and you not even know it. I mean, it, it's it's very there's intentional worship, mm -hmm. um, and then there's unintentional worship. It's like you grow. <clears throat> you grow an attachment to those things yes that you really harbor as your treasures one of the things i tell my people a lot and they probably get sick here this is if you tell me where you spend most of your time what you spend most of time most most of your time doing what you spend most of your time thinking about and what you spend your money on 
That tells me what you really adore. That's what you're worshiping. Yeah. You know, your time, your thoughts, and your money. And boy, that gets, we're getting into personal waters, but. Yeah, it's uncomfortable for a lot of folks. I mean, it it hits real close to home. Um, You know, I I think of it as, that's kind of like breathing. You know, how many times a day do you breathe or you blink your eyes? Yeah. You you don't really think about it. Yeah. And after you. Well, I'm thinking about it now. Yeah. Because you mentioned it. Yeah. So as you. Uh, as your lifestyle changes and you, you, you will get in our routines. So I've got my routine. There's things I like to do. There's things about my routine that I need to do better at. Yeah. Um, but as you adjust and you, you know, you go through the motion every day, time passes and before you know it, you're, you're yeah. worshiping things and you don't, you don't really, you yeah. don't really know it. You know, you could, you could look at your, yeah. your time at the end of the week. And if you, if you had somebody with a stopwatch following you around all week and logging what you're doing, and you know, <laughs> yeah. if at the end of the week you said, "Okay, here's how much time I spent doing this yeah. and this and this and this," uh, you know, I work full time job. You work full time job. Yeah. We have to work to provide for our families. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, there's things that we have to do. Um, but, you but when you story. get into those little other areas, yeah. that time will add up quicker than than what you realize. We were sitting in the living room one evening about a month ago, and my wife says, <clears throat> "I got a challenge." And I was like, okay, <laughs> this has got to be a trick. <laughs> and she says, at the end of the week, I'll compare my screen time on my phone to yours, and we'll see who wins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I said, how do you even check your screen time on your phone? <laughs> and she told me, and I pulled mine up, and there's no way I'm about to tell you what it was. <laughs> but let's just say that I lost miserably. Uh, and, and honestly, it was like, it was almost like, you know how somebody will throw cold water on you in the morning and wake you up? Mm-hmm. It's like a huge wake-up call, man. Mm-hmm. Like, my phone was owning so much of my day. I didn't realize it. My goodness. I wonder how many things. And people wonder, I think, sometimes why it is that they can't go to church and have a holistic experience with the Lord. Well, my goodness. Look at how much of our time, how much of our life is swallowed up by distraction. Yeah. Distraction after distraction. And eventually those things that are distracting us are the things that we follow. We, mm-hmm. we make company with those things, and they shape you, and they mold you. Um, you talked about unintentional worship, like how worship is like breathing. Is that something that you think becomes more entrenched in your lifestyle as you just mature in the Lord? Is that something that, I mean, do you feel like people need to take deliberate steps in their lifestyle to foster acts of worship what do you i mean how do you i guess what i'm asking you succinctly put is how do you form a lifestyle of worship i think one leads to the other um okay. it's just like anything else um if i'm going to take on a a hobby or a craft or a sport and yeah. i've never done it before or i'm new to it i got to practice if i want to get good yeah and then once i practice so much then it becomes easier yeah and yeah, then yeah. it requires really less effort on my part yeah and maybe even at that maybe i'm even doing better at it if you want to call it that or um you know maybe covering more ground or um you know so it's kind of the same thing with um with worshiping god um you know whether it's um you know having to set that schedule where you know that you have that time set aside um, yeah or you're looking at your time throughout the week to to say hey i've spent a lot of time here Mm -hmm. i need to carve out some time here or if i can do um, you know, this activity, then I need to be able to make sure I, I need to make time to go to church with my family. Yeah. You know, when you start looking at those and as you do that, um, it becomes yeah normal. And not only that, you're, you, you don't, th- I don't think you don't think about it, 
later on because your relationship with God grows. Yeah. And you feel the peace. More natural. And the, yes. And you feel the peace and the fulfillment that you'll get from your relationship with God that those other things won't bring. Yeah. Now, those other things, the fun yeah. for fun for a you moment. Yeah. yeah. Is it, do I like uh, sports and I love college sure. football? Do I love going, uh, you know, to do things? Yeah. Roll time. Yeah. Just right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I like doing those things. Um, but it doesn't make me uh, satisfied at the end of the day. Yeah, you know, when yeah. I'm having a hard day or, That's you know, good. I know that I need to really lean on somebody and I'm, you know, I'm hurting and I, I you know, I can't, I can't pray to a sport or to a, yeah. a hobby or to my bank That's account, right. which is not very much. But, I mean, it's Amen. leaning on him and going, yeah. man, this is what I got to hold on to. Yeah, man, that, that preach. I tell you, too, <clears throat> I think sometimes millennials have a hard time understanding that. Mm-hmm. For millennials that are enthralled in this postmodern philosophy about life, I think sometimes they have a, have a hard grasp of understanding being deliberate, forming good habits. Mm-hmm. You'll have you'll have people my age and younger, Brandon, who will say to you, oh, well, I don't want to have too much structured prayer time or worship time in my life. I just worship the Lord as I go, you know? Mm-hmm. Just floating through life like a wonderful butterfly and mm-hmm. every breeze that hits me pushes me in the right direction. Yeah, what a joke. And so I think that what we have to do is we have to, uh, you know, begin to teach that younger generation, even my age and younger, that there is an art to being deliberate. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a value to that, to saying, I'm going to set aside, I'm going to be disciplined and deliberately set aside some structure in my life <clears throat> for God. And that deliberate action then helps to form and make who we are, mm-hmm. you know? It, it helps us to also, we have a little saying at work, says that you only improve the things that you measure. So the, the things that I track, for if I check my, track my profitability on my jobs, Brandon, every week, then I'll get better at bidding jobs. If I don't, then I don't know if I'm winning or losing to begin yep. with. And so, you know, we've got to get these younger people to understand yeah, it may sound corny that Grandma went to the prayer closet for 30 minutes every morning or an hour and every evening. It may sound corny, but there's a place for that. There's a place for some of that deliberate shaping and molding of who we are. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Point blank. How is it that worship shapes who we are? How do we become what we worship? We take on that identity. Um, if if I'm involved in um, an activity or a sport or a hobby or you like to fish and hunt, you're big. I, yeah, that's yeah. not That's not my deal. I'm just <laughs> it's just not me. Um, There's one less person I got to <clears throat> compete with. Right. <laughs> so if if every time that I saw you, you were constantly talking about it. Yeah. You know, you were wearing the clothes. You had the <laughs> stickers all over your truck. You had, if I go to your house oh, no. and it's plastered all in your living room and it's on your TV and, yeah. uh, you know, it's, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. just everything about you, mm-hmm. you take on that identity. Now, intentionally, maybe not, because to you, it's just something you like. Is it a bad sure. thing? No. Right. And that's where a lot of people get upset because they say, well, I like doing this. There's nothing wrong with doing that. And there's not. There's yeah. nothing wrong with doing that. Yeah, yeah. But the problem is, is when it takes precedence over God. Yeah, yeah. And we'll make every excuse that we can make to justify that that's not what's happening. But at the end of the day, when you measure 
your time, your money, mm-hmm. your efforts, where your talents, where, where are you applying these things? Yeah. If we were honest and we really measured it out, mm-hmm. it, it, it would measure up. But to answer your yeah. question, we take on that identity. Yeah. And that's who you associate. Because, and then when everybody says, hey, there's Josh, so we know, well, he likes to hunt. Yeah. That's the first thing they think of. Right. You know, the biggest compliment I could have is for somebody to know that I love Jesus. Yeah, yeah. That's what I want to show. One of the biggest compliments I ever got in my life, I was in a meeting one time um, with, I never met this lady before in my life. Uh, it's been a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, she walked in the meeting and I just said a few words to her. I mean, it was a good atmosphere. It wasn't a negative thing or uh, anything. I just never met her before. And she turned and looked at me and she said, there's a presence about you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's caught me off guard. And yeah. I thought about that later <laughs> and I was like, man, what a compliment. You know, yeah, because yeah. I knew, I knew what she picked up on. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I mean, one of the best compliments I've ever gotten. Yeah. I, it, it's funny how people will want to deny that. They'll argue against the logic of it. But how that, you know, the things that we deliberately do actually shape who that we are. If you look at, if you look at anybody's Facebook page, some of yeah, your own Facebook media, page right now, mm-hmm. if you look at it, people will say something like, like mine says, landscaper, you know, pastor, conservationist, father, you know, all these titles. Well, these titles are not formed in the abstract. These identifiers that I'm listing are not abstract qualities. They're defined by the things that I do, mm-hmm. the things that I invest in in my life. You know, we should maybe we should just erase all of those and put worshiper on there. Yeah. <laughs> I think that it's important especially being Pentecostal, Brandon, that we mentioned this. For many, many years, Pentecostals defined holiness in terms of what you do or what you don't do. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, 50 years ago, if you drank Coca-Cola and went ice skating, you were going to hell the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> Today, it's it's different. The cultural mores are, are different. The taboos are different. Um, but honestly, I don't think that if you, if you ask me, you said, Pastor, who are the holy people? I'd say the holy people are the people that know how to worship God in spirit and in truth. Mm-hmm. And it's that worship lifestyle and the experience of it, I believe, that actually forms holiness in our life. It's, it pulls us out. It separates us out from the flesh of the world, connects us to the kingdom of God and the presence of the Lord, and opens the floodgates of His will in our life, that if you ask me what makes you holy, I would ask you this. Well, tell me what it is that you worship. What do you think? How do you feel about that? Holiness, worship, how do you feel those two mix and mingle? Well, there's a direct connection. Um, You know, as you stated, as you worship, it's going to grow your relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. And the thing about... Um, the some of the unintentional worship, I guess, is at the time, you know, those things are good for a moment. Yeah. You, you don't know what you're missing on the other side. Yeah. And the devil wants nothing more than to keep you distracted with those things. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want you to know that you're missing that relationship. Because once you find out, you're going to look back on those things and go, man, <laughs> what was I doing? <laughs> yeah. You know, again, it's maybe true. nothing wrong. I mean, I'm not, right. you know, I'm not saying maybe it was a bad thing. But when you look back on it, you're going to go, man, I've spent all that time. Yeah. What if I'd have put half the effort that I put into that yeah. and I put it into ministry? Yeah. 
I mean, you can move mountains. Yeah. And I'll be honest, like, even with my own personal life, Brandon, I have, I don't always win at this. Uh, I'm pretty busy. Mm -hmm. I'm constantly navigating other people's perceptions. I'm constantly navigating social networks, whether it's church, whether it's work. If it, you know, it could be Julian tomorrow. Julian gets frustrated on a job. I got to navigate that relationship now. I got to figure that out and work it. Uh, it could be uh, a client who's uh, I'm trying to make a sale, or a client who's not 100% happy with a with with their landscape design, and and so I'm navigating that relationship constantly. And then I do that at church all the time. Sometimes that makes me more volatile at home, mm-hmm. and it's not fair for my family. Yep. Sometimes it makes okay. me cranky when I shouldn't be cranky. Sometimes it makes me say, okay, I, I'm going to just get out here. Saturday's coming. Saturday is my day. I'm gone. I'm going to the mountains where my phone can't ring, and I'm going to sling a hammock up, and I'm going to fish that day. Mm-hmm. And sometimes... I, check, I have to check myself, and God's been dealing with me about this, and say, yeah, I would love to run away today, but last week I didn't do anything with my wife and kids. And so we have to learn to temper those things mm-hmm. that we run to and learn how to run to the right things. David said, I look to the hills from whence my help comes because my help comes from the Lord. And, you know, don't use a bunch of filler in your life to mm-hmm. try to fill out your life. Go to that presence of God and let that define who you are. Let that shape. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Makes me think about um, having the relationship with God where it needs to be. Then instead of giving Him what's left, put what's left in those other things and take that with you. And then the people you run into at the ball game or out yeah. fishing or camping or wherever – let them see that light in you. Talk yeah. to them about the Lord. Yeah. That's good stuff, man. This is fun. I love talking about worship. Um, worship is, I tell our group at CR every Tuesday night, we open, we, we do our steps, we we say our steps, our 12 steps to recovery together, and then we have worship. And before we start worship service, I always tell them, this is the most important thing we will do tonight. It's, it's not the theoretics of treatment that you get in support group. Mm-hmm. It's not the fellowship in the dining hall 30 minutes before service starts, eating stuff in your face. It's not any of that. The most important thing that we do in any context is those moments that we spend loving on the Lord. As, uh, you know, as a worship leader, man, this is a big job. Like, this is a huge responsibility that you carry on your shoulders, right? Is you know, there's there's got to be times when you think, oh, goodness, I wish that could have came off better. Or I mm-hmm. wish, I, you know, I could have connected more with the people or that kind of thing. How do you, uh, you know, how do you process that in the position that you're in? You know, the responsibility of, of connecting people on a personal level and their identity with God. That's a huge responsibility. My main objective is to let Him guide me in doing that. That's all yeah. I want to do. I have to. Um, the moment that I even try to work with the worship team or I try to give a suggestion or we're trying to work through something, the moment that I go at it with my mindset and what I think, yeah, I'm already off base. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's constantly praying, you know. Um, 
And I think sometimes, you know, I have my time in the morning when I pray and I, you know, I try to, right. you know, make sure I, you know, I'm talking to him on a regular basis. But yeah, um, I, I've caught myself lately. I think even when I'm driving to work or maybe even when I'm working or I'm talking to someone, I think part of my brain is still churning in the background, <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's, you know, I've got that, you know, the Holy Spirit, he yeah. you know, kind of com- helps you with that communication. Yeah. And um, I think it's just that constant connection of, um, you know, keeping that, you know, the keeping it flowing and, and in doing that, just asking, God, God, what do you want me to do? How, yeah. you know, if I'm going to stand or if I'm going to try to lead a group or try to tell them, you're going to have to put it in my heart and tell me what you want me to do. Yeah. That's key because I can't do it. Yeah. So there's no me trying to connect. It's, um, you know, trying to be sensitive to the fact when God starts dealing with me about something, which he is this week, about some things for Sunday. Yeah. And just having faith in him that, God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to step out. Yeah. Do your thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, let me get out of the way. Yeah. If I can be the vessel, fine. Yeah, yeah. If I can hold the microphone and say something, fine. But it's you. Yeah. you got to do it. Man, I tell you what, that is powerful. If you ask me, said, Pastor, where can I go to church this weekend and be entertained? It's not our place. Nope. But if you want to go to church somewhere, have a deep worship experience. If you want to go to church somewhere and be led to the Lord, I can tell you where to go. Massville Church of God, 3895 New Highway 68. This is Brandon right here with me. So blessed to have him on our team. I hope that I get to see your smiling face. Shake your hand as you walk out the door this week. This is Pastor Josh. Peace out, and we love you. God bless.